Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. Hello, and thank you once again for tuning in to On the Record with Tiffany. Well, the purpose of On the Record with Tiffany is to lift our voices. Those of us who, there are so many people that have similar opinions and so many with differing opinions. We need to hear all of them. And I decided to start On the Record with Tiffany to kind of give middle-of-the-road people a chance and those on the fringes. We're more alike than we are different. So this is our opportunity to show that and showcase other ideas. And we also wanted to just show the heroes and the joy in our community and our lives. And that's why I started it. So I have one of my favorite heroes <laughs> here. And her name is Angie Lewis. She is a vice president with Bank of San Antonio. She's vice president of business banking. Angie, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me on again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to follow up with you on the PPP and see like, what are we, you know, we've got so much going on right now. We've got COVID numbers rising. Um, our business community has been so impacted by this disease. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, this tiny little microscopic predator has basically hit every area of our lives mm -hmm. really hard. Um, we've been hit economically hard. We've been hit people-wise mm -hmm. very hard. You know, the heart of our community you don't have an economy if you don't have people. Right. You know, and the the heart of our community is the people. Mm -hmm. And the number of people that we've lost to this disease is astronomical. We've never mm -hmm. seen anything like it in the history of our nation. So, Well, and I um, think that what you're doing with the show is fantastic because uh, it brings awareness. Uh, and, and I think that's a little bit of your purpose behind this is bringing awareness to yeah. areas of this pandemic that maybe some people are talking about and some people aren't talking about. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, just the community approach within San Antonio of what are we doing here? What's happening here? And, um, and how are we kind of coming together as a team to make that happen? Yes. Good things happen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and we've been able to do that. Uh, Angie like finishes my thoughts. I'm so glad that I <laughs> get to have, get to have it. It's like we're just hanging out at, yeah. at yeah. Uh, my house, or which we can't do right now, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just drinking a couple of mimosas and and uh, talking about what's what's going on. But tell us a little bit about what you all see. Was the PPP what we expected? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the first round was what we expected and probably more. I think the second round wasn't what we expected in terms of mm -hmm. people applying for PPP. We thought it was going to go just as fast or faster than the first round of, mm -hmm. of PPP monies. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was. And, and, you know, right now we're, we're, um, you know, we've just been, uh, told that PPP has been extended through, you know, August, which is mm -hmm. great for those people who didn't apply for it. I've, you know, had one client, I actually had a few people call me uh, right before um, June 30th who said, Hey, I didn't apply, but I'm realizing now that I'm, I'm the domino effect of what started and wh where we are now. Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, people are slow pay, starting to slow pay. And so your, your typical business owner, you know, where they are going in and they're getting the work mm -hmm. done, they're finding people to work. They're not right. getting paid on the back end. There's, there's, you know, a lot of different moving parts, but. So what's the turnaround right now for business owners? Because mm -hmm. I, I'm hearing the same thing. Like I just had, uh, in my day job, the, the, uh, building manager asked me like, you know, where's, 
Texas Kidney Foundation. What are mm-hmm. y'all mm-hmm. going to be doing? I was like, uh, screening for chronic kidney disease. Like yeah. we always yeah. do, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, so when you ask for turnaround time, what, what, what are you looking for from that? Are you, well, are you like- I'm, I'm asking like, like, um, when you said that, that they're finding people to, Oh, to for, pay, but for it's paying. slow. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. is are they having longer than the thirty days yeah. or the yeah. ninety days? I mean, days? I think it's you know anywhere from about thirty to sixty days normally, and mm-hmm. and that's getting a little bit longer. One client I spoke with, it had been three months. They were waiting for some monies to come in, and so people are trying to get yeah. creative. They're going in and they're asking for lines of credits from their businesses, you know, from the the mm-hmm. banks. Um, they're they've exhausted. You know, those who applied early have exhausted all their PPP funds. Mm-hmm. And so now they're into their real revenue, their real income of the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's some people I spoke with a gentleman today and he was so thankful that they had taken those PPP funds. But um, they're in they're in the process of now they're about to to dip into their savings, the monies that they had set aside. Mm-hmm. And so that's where most people are right now. They're they're dip. If they didn't apply for PPP monies, um, you know, they are starting to apply for it now, uh, that, that last tranche of, of monies. And mm-hmm. then if you did, you're exhausting it and now you're into your, your savings. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you know, in general, and I, and I think we mentioned this the last time, most businesses that I talk to, most business owners that I talk to, they just, their spirits are high. I mean, they're encouraged yeah. and, um, yeah. the, the community in itself has kind of come together. And I had a lengthy conversation with, with one gentleman this morning who spoke about the fact that he got three phone calls last week, um, of contracts that he had and people just putting their monthly retainer on hold. Um, mm-hmm. it was a marketing company here in town and they have placed their, their retainers on hold. But, you know, in that conversation that I had with him, what came out of it was how important it was as a, a business, in doing business right now during a pandemic, how important it is to be just forthright and honest and transparent, um, and very yeah. transparent and, um, and business owners, you know, how you handle business now, it says a lot about who you are as an individual and who you are as a company. Yes. Um, because he could have, he could have, um, you've been so horrible about the way he handled those broken contracts, but he didn't. He just said, Hey, I understand everyone's mm-hmm. in this situation. We're here to help you in the interim if you need help. And, and so he had actually provided some goodwill work to several companies within San Antonio that he had contracts with, but had stopped contracts. And so I just think that it says a lot about who you are as an individual. It says a lot about you and your company. And, and hopefully once we get over all this, that people come back together and are so grateful for those who are willing to work with them and to help them during a difficult time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and everyone's struggling, whether you're a business owner, whether you're just a, uh, an individual who works for a company, everybody's struggling now. And so I just think that it's so important for us to just make sure that we are, you know, our hearts are in the right place and that we're um, treating each other, you know, with love and respect. And that's, that's very true. Um, I noticed when uh, going out that people have been restless, Mm -hmm. like people are ready to get back out there. But unfortunately, we see uh, big spikes in Mm -hmm. in, uh, Mm -hmm. numbers of people uh, getting infected because of 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 all of the outings and and gatherings. So in terms of business, mm-hmm. what do y'all what do you what do you see when you're looking on the business horizon like mm-hmm. where are we? Well, you know, I think for service industries right now, it's really difficult. Like, so for people who go to get their hair done or their waxing mm-hmm. done or whatever that might be, their nails, you know, those are industries right now that are really suffering. Um, yeah. Just and I love getting my nails yeah. done, but, it, <laughs> but you're like terrified to go and, mm-hmm. and do anything because, yeah, because of this disease. Yeah. But I think just in general, uh, as again, as a community, we we've attempted to get creative. We've attempted mm-hmm. to make sure that we're being safe. I mean, all the places that I that that I have gone to, mm-hmm. uh, most everyone, you know, even the they the, are all taking safety precautions. They are, they are, and uh, restaurants. You know, I mean, we went to a restaurant on on Friday for lunch, and oh my goodness, you know, you to. Uh, 
they they were busy and I was mm-hmm. excited to see them really busy, but it was also a place that had an outside eating area. And so mm-hmm. that outside area was, was much busier, but everyone's taken the prop, proper precautions. I think businesses, you know, businesses, business owners are trying to be um, just as diligent about this, you know, the safety of their employees and then the right. community as they possibly can. And I, and I really, I was at Lock and Terra this weekend. Um, and I, most everyone that I saw, whether they were just walking around Lock and Terra or they were in the stores, obviously you have to have them when you're in the stores, but even just walking around Lock and Terra, they, they all had masks on. Um, a lot of people, some people had gloves on. Uh, so I think, I think that with the uptick, people have gotten a little bit more cautious, not that they shouldn't have been before, but they've gotten more cautious and, you know, just continue to follow the rules. And that's what I tell people, just follow the rules. Just and that's a cautious. great point. That's a great point, Angie. Well, a mask is as important as as uh, breathing is right now. You you're doing a great service for yourself mm-hmm. and for your fellow man. So, if mm-hmm. you want to be a part of the solution, then the best way to do that is for you to wear your mask Absolutely. and wear your gloves. Yeah. And we see so many San Antonians who are doing that. And thank you to everybody who is. Mm-hmm. And to those who aren't, please uh, consider doing so because it's mm-hmm. it's only going to help you and everyone around you. And I just want to thank our listeners and let you know to come on back and keep listening because in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on with us economically and how you can help your San Antonio community. You are listening to On the Record with Tiffany, and I'm here with my special guest, Angie Lewis. Come on back and hear what Angie has to say about how you can be a great help to us economically. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes To two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or We can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany. And I'm I'm here again with my special guest, Angie Lewis with Bank of San Antonio. Hey, Miss Tiffany. Hey, Angie. Angie and I were talking previously about... Uh, what's going on with us economically as we've been opening up and experiencing these spikes in COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, Angie, I want to transition a little bit and talk about what we can do safely as consumers mm-hmm. to uh, help with our, our uh, economic reawakening, mm-hmm. but also maintain safety for ourselves, our family, the people mm-hmm. that we're, we're coming into contact with. Yeah. Um, so what are some of your ideas on what we should do? <laughs> well, I can tell you some things I've done. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so social, obviously social media is huge. And um, I've talked to a lot of lot of clients who have had to really re-engineer their marketing strategies and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, reawaken their their uh, ability to, to, to bring new business in, right? They've had to get really creative with it. But um, last week, I actually, um, I normally do like a 1-800-Flowers 
order mm-hmm. when I order flowers for someone and um, mm-hmm. there was a funeral, but I chose this time to actually use a local florist to deliver the flowers and just That's went straight to them idea. instead of, um, you know, doing the 1-800-Flower thing. Uh, and then uh, I found this really neat thing on on Instagram. It was, I think it's called Sh- uh, Shop Cake. And, uh, and I was just trying to, uh, there's a dear friend of mine who lives out of town and and she's she's up in age seventy, and uh, I sent her a shop cake, and so it's just this little box that um, it was meant to just encourage her and bring, mm-hmm. bring a smile to her face. But uh, when you open the box up, it kind of opens like a flower really quickly. But these butter these like fake butterflies fly out of it, and then there's this little cake in the middle, and so oh, that's it's super cute. cute. But you know, just ordering things like that online, um, we've talked about mm-hmm. you know making sure that you're ordering your your groceries online. But I'm just trying to support my local businesses as much That's as I right. possibly can. So if I have a choice, you know, to go to Starbucks or go to the, the local coffee shop um, down the road, I'm going to go to the local coffee shop just because I want to, that's, that's kind of where I want exactly. my money to go right now. So just doing local things. Local businesses yeah. run this nation. Mm-hmm. Local businesses run this nation. Local businesses and small businesses. You know, something that, that uh, Kevin and I have been doing is even with, you know, I like to cook, so we don't necessarily eat out a lot. But what we do is the the restaurants and stuff that we like to eat at, uh, we buy gift cards. Yeah. And so those gift cards then allow mm-hmm. us to to um, give them much needed mm-hmm. revenue that mm-hmm. they need right now. And uh, but at the same time, maintain some safety mm-hmm. for for uh, ourselves and and uh, and for that business if their mm-hmm. doors aren't open yet or they're not uh dining in yet yeah um that still gives them a way that they can uh, uh still earn some revenue yeah you know yeah. so we do that we also do things like uh we'll go and and uh buy a meal mm-hmm. you know and have it delivered to someone or have it delivered to us, you know, we'll, because they, there are so many no mm-hmm. contact uh, options yeah. with buying meals mm-hmm. now. So you have a lot that, that uh, can be done. Now that's with restaurants, but mm-hmm. with uh, small businesses that are other uh, types of businesses like mm-hmm. stationary stores, which I love to, mm-hmm. to write, um, so uh we we order stuff from whatever uh we can from mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. you know so that we boy I have more stationery than you can <laughs> shake it <laughs> stick at because <laughs> because uh of that you know uh and we're the same way too mm-hmm. like with little coffee shops mm-hmm. and little uh there's a a, a cupcake place that we love, uh, Nemo's, Mm. Nemo's Bakery. And uh, so we go there and order some very yummy cupcakes (laughs) and cakes and specialty stuff Mm. from them. And it's curbside. You just drive up and and pick up your stuff. You know, we we do the same thing with, uh, um, with clothing. You know, there are some clothing stores that that uh, yeah. you can order and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know yeah. And a lot of places we went to this weekend. Um, I mentioned earlier about Lock and Tara. We had gone there, and a lot of those places. There are some places that allow you to try clothes on, but then there were a lot of places that weren't allowing you to do that. And so mm-hmm. you really have to know what your size is and where you're at yeah. right now if you're wanting to buy clothes at certain certain places. Yeah. So if you haven't gained any weight kudos to you yeah. over well, this time and we we've spoken about, <laughs> we've spoken about this before too on, on one of your previous segments but uh, exercise and so I, we our company has this humana app and it's super cool um because as you exercise and run and just do different things and join different uh, activities within mm-hmm. humana's little app that they have mm-hmm. it will actually um accumulate points for you, which uh, gives you access to gift cards and gift certificates and things like that at different places, Amazon and um, Walmart and HEB. It's oh, all, I didn't all know that. Stuff. It's a Humana. Yeah. It's a really cool app um, that you have. And it, it's really meant to encourage people to exercise. And so I'm trying to take advantage of that as much as I possibly can now. And, and um, it, it, 
it links with your, you know, your Apple Watch. It links with your MyFitnessPal, so you can log your food and you can do all that fun stuff. So, whoa, you know, not, I didn't know that. If you're not I didn't know a participator, if you have a, you know, Humana as one of your providers, then it's it's really it's really neat. Yeah, I need to reach out to Humana for so you get paid uh, for exercising for Texas uh, Kidney Foundation. Yeah. So I'll I'll talk to yeah, them about should. that when I when I reach out to them. Um, yeah, we. Uh, in terms of healthcare, uh, I was just thinking about what we were, you know, our business had to change a lot. Mm-hmm. Like my day job is, is, uh, with Texas Kidney Foundation when I'm wearing my other hat. Um, and so, uh, as a healthcare advocate, which, uh, I do, as a healthcare advocate, we had to completely change what we were doing because mm-hmm. our business model was around large gatherings and mm-hmm. events. So we would yeah. go to to big um, churches and community centers and screen for kidney mm-hmm. disease. Well, as COVID-19 has pushed people into uh, uh, a percentage of the people that are contracting COVID are going into uh, various stages of kidney disease. Mm-hmm. Experiencing something called AKI, which is acute kidney injury. Um, then we started looking at that going, okay, what is, what is our role here? You know, where, where is, is, uh, are we being led mm-hmm. to, to service our community and what are we going to do? And, um, our, uh, you know, we developed a completely new business model with a wonderful company called YCs. Um, and, uh, YC's and, uh, all about the data and YC's healthcare, mm-hmm. uh, solution. Well, when we met them, we didn't know anything about them. Uh, they wrote a customized program for us, uh, that allows us to teach, that allows us to do telemedicine. Mm-hmm. And so we can screen yeah, the awesome. person yeah. on the phone or over the internet. Then uh, another wonderful company, um, Clinical Pathology Laboratories, uh, they have 16 locations here in San Antonio. They put together, uh, we told them, okay, this is what we normally measure. Mm -hmm. Can you help us? They put together, okay, this, all right, yeah, we can help you. And we can help you for a nominal fee. So they got it all together for us and it's like $32 for all all of the this the screening uh the lab work the patient goes directly to the lab gets uh the lab work done uploads it into they upload it into a portal for us i mean it's the whole thing allows for patients mm. to uh, receive something that they're, because right now we we see people who are already have fun GoFundMe pages up mm-hmm. because they don't yeah. have the money for the the um, medical expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this is going to be an ongoing. You will need to check your kidneys. Mm-hmm. You're not going to feel bad. Kidney disease doesn't make you feel bad. So when your kidneys start to, uh, the kidney function starts to diminish, you feel just fine. Mm-hmm. You don't feel bad until it's too late, until you are, are experiencing mm-hmm. renal failure. So that's why it's important to get your kidneys checked. Anyone who who has been diagnosed with COVID-19 and who is in recovery needs to have their kidneys checked. And we are now, with our new model, able to offer a free check that is That's safe awesome. yeah. for the patient, that is safe for our staff, mm-hmm. uh, um, and that we can offer um, every six months so we can monitor your kidneys and so that you know where you're at. So whether you have insurance, don't have insurance, mm-hmm. this is free. That's awesome. Um, That's a, so, what a great resource. Yes, it really is community. a great resource. Mm-hmm. And then we, we have some other uh, amazing things on the horizon. Another group that we've been working with, Nova Biomedical. Uh, Nova Biomedical has invented the first at-home EGFR monitor. Mm-hmm. So that's monitoring your kidney function. And so our next 
Uh, there's only one in the world, and that's theirs. Mm. It's in clinical trials in the UK, and it's in uh, it's coming to uh, Texas and and eight other places in the United States mm. for clinical trials. And the inventor of it, Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Dubois, said to me, "I." You've been out of sight, Tiffany, but you hadn't been out of my heart. And, <laughs> and uh, I invented this um, because of the good work that y'all mm-hmm. are doing over there at, at uh, Texas Kidney Foundation. Mm-hmm. And so, hopefully, our goal is to be is to bring that EGFR meter to uh, these the patients that are 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 suffering from some stage of kidney mm-hmm. disease, especially those w- who have COVID, and, and COVID has, has pushed them into some stage mm-hmm. of kidney disease. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to monitor that and see how how their kidney uh, function is progressing. So, uh, you know, I have the – I'm so proud of our, our board and, and our community partners mm-hmm. and the people that we work with because we we have some of the best – uh, in the country, you know, and, and that's what this show is really about. It's about seeing that, yes, there are differences in people and what we think and do, but we can come together to do the best work mm-hmm. for folks who need us, Absolutely. for our community. So uh, thank you, Angie. Yeah, thanks for having me. For coming on. You are listening to On the Record with Tiffany. And you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Uh, the reason why we started this show is uh, to bring awareness to the disparities in healthcare and the inequities in healthcare, and to also highlight social injustice. But at the same time, we wanted to show the hope that working with purpose can bring. And by doing that, uh, I like to highlight Shiro's. And today I have one of my favorite Shiro's here. And what a Shiro is, is somebody who is out working with purpose, bringing change to our community and adding to the public narrative in a positive way. So my Shiro today is Ms. Deborah Amawali, the executive director of SACAM. Deborah. Can you tell Hi, tell our friends a little bit about you? Hey, Deborah. <laughs> sure. So, SACAM uh, is the San Antonio African American Community Archive and Museum. And what is important about our mission and why I'm even there is um, we are in a community where African Americans do not seem as visible in other communities. This is not Baltimore, Detroit, or Atlanta. Right. It is San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that the Af- uh, the cultural heritage of African Americans is collected, preserved, and shared. And how that fits with uh, just me personally is it's my personal mission to leave a legacy of love and service to my family and my community. And with my love of history uh, and just marrying that with the mission of SACAM, it's just perfect. It really is a perfect combination. Just knowing you, I know that it's a perfect combination. Um, Deborah, can you tell our audience a little bit about why um, history is important for San Antonio, because we played a big part in the uh, civil rights movement of the 60s. Yes. So um, one of the things, I'm going to take it back to the Republic of Texas. So I'm going to start way back there. Oh, take us on back there. (laughs) (laughs) And mention that the reason why Texas was in a war with Mexico to begin with mm-hmm. was because Texans wanted slaves. And the Mexican government said, no, 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 no. Slavery doesn't work for us. 
So that is actually what the Battle of the Alamo was about. Wow. Uh, but when you go and visit uh, the Alamo, you hear all of the stuff about Santa Ana, mm-hmm. but you don't hear that. You, you also don't hear the uh, story, and people will now will say it's an urban legend, but the story behind the Yellow Rose of Texas. But I don't want to get people all in a bunch, <laughs> their panties in a bunch, about talking about that. But certainly you can go to our website and find out more information about how African-Americans actually had a pivotal role in the Republic of Texas, uh, fighting in the Battle of Goliad, fighting at the Alamo, um, and then we can bring it all the way to civil rights. But even even before that, uh, this was the home of the Buffalo Soldiers. Mm-hmm. We have a long legacy. A very long of, legacy. Of uh, activism mm-hmm. coming from this city on both the black and the brown side. Absolutely. And uh, a long history of activism uh, as as uh, a uniting, uh, uh, uniting figures mm-hmm. uh, within our our state and nation, which uh, I don't think people realize. Like the points that you just made, I didn't realize it, and and I read constantly, as you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if an avid reader doesn't know. What do you think about the average person? Exactly. You know, um, history is his story. And if I'm telling my story in a uh, patriarchal society, then my story is going to end up looking like I am the knight in shining armor. Right. So that's why it's so important for everyone's story to be told so that you can get a true reflection of history. And that's even with the women's suffrage movement, which is what you were talking about today. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even know uh, the importance that African-American women play in the suffrage mo- movement. Please tell us about that. <laughs> so... <laughs> One of my sheroes is actually Ida B. Wells Barnett. And um, she was born in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And then she moved to Tennessee. She was a teacher. And she also went to school at Fisk University. Uh, She was, well, her dad was a slave mm-hmm. who was emancipated and on her way to Nashville she took a seat in, in the train uh, in the ladies section of the coach and they told her she couldn't sit there <laughs> and she said excuse me I'm a lady and they said no you're black first mm-hmm. and she actually fought uh, ended up biting the direct, the conductor's hand <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I think is just <laughs> when you okay, so this is eighteen eighty four. Alright. This is when this happened. So um she just was so far ahead of her time. And she actually sued the train company. And she won. Oh my but, goodness. But it was overturned, of course. Mm-hmm because they kept going to higher courts. And so uh, she ended up losing, but she decided at that point to start a paper in Memphis. It was called the Memphis Free Speech and Headlight. Uh, After, so in that, I'm going to get to the suffrage movement in a minute, but you will read if you look at uh, early, if you look at copies of her work, she was a... um, advocate against Mm anti-lynching in Tennessee. And actually she put herself in the line, in the limelight where she could have easily 
been lynched. Well, she got married. I'm sorry, she moved to Chicago and then she married an attorney. So you will also see her as Ida B. Wells hyphen Barnett. And her husband owned a newspaper, the Chicago Conservator. And that's when she got involved in the suffrage um, movement. So in March of 1913, she traveled to the first suffrage parade in Washington, D.C. And on that day, she took about 60 African-American women with her. So she was not playing. I just Wow. <laughs> She's not going alone. So she gets there and, oh, my gosh, they ask her if her and her delegation would march in the back. So the Southern delegates would be upset. Oh. And she, she argued, she said, either I go with you or I'm not going at all. Mm -hmm. And they kept going back and forth. And so she left. But when the march started, guess where she was and the delegation of women that she took at the front. She was right there with the Illinois delegation. And uh, that's right. <laughs> and so Belle Squire <laughs> and Virginia Brooks, mm -hmm. um, they were like, oh, my gosh, this woman has to be a part of this movement. So actually in June of 1913, her work helped pass the presidential and municipal bill in Illinois, allowing women that were over the age of 21, the right to vote in presidential and municipal elections. However, they weren't eligible to vote um, in state elections yet. But again, like I said, a, a lot of people just, you know, don't know that she fought through the amendment in 1920. So she's just one shero. We're talking about sheroes. Wow. I not. She's just one shero that I would like to highlight in the suffrage movement. And again, if you look at photos and things of suffrage, early suffrage movement uh, pioneers, you don't see African-American women. There is another one, and I, I should have looked up. But we name. were there. We were there throughout Ab it. Absolutely. An we integral part. Deborah, I want you to hold your oh, next sorry. thought because we okay. uh, have to stop and play, pay some bills. But we have more great show for our listeners. Uh, you all stay tuned and keep listening because Deborah Mawali is going to come back and talk with us a little bit more about women's suffrage and about her story and how she came to get involved with and uh, committed to the city of San Antonio. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.com. Dot org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And we're back with the executive director of SACAM, Ms. Deborah Amawali Jarman. Deborah? Can uh, so you were talking to us about women's suffrage. 
who is the next person that you think is just an unsung hero of that movement? Well, this next person is not necessarily an unsung hero. Her name is Martha Grunig. But what a lot of people don't know, um, if, if you do a search for her, you certainly will see her surrounding the suffrage mo- movement. She is a well-known attorney in the New York area. But I want to talk to you about her connection with the African-American community. She was also an attorney for the NAACP, and uh, she worked directly with W.E.B. Dubois. And what significance she has to Texas, I know you're thinking, okay, so how does a New York attorney (laughs) (laughs) in the early 1900s connect with Texas? Well, I will tell you. When the Houston riot took place, Mm -hmm. and this is a commercial for SACAM, SACAM (laughs) SACAM.org, S like Sierra, triple A, C like Charlie, AM.org. You go to our website, and then you click on Explore. I'm sorry, you click on Learn, and then you go to Explore Exhibits. We have an exhibit entitled The Military Embraces Segregation. And in that exhibit, there are a few different uh, scenarios of segregation in Texas. One of them is entitled The Houston Riots, which is uh, from the 24th Infantry of the Buffalo Soldiers. Well, when these men were taken into custody that supposedly started this riot. Uh, Prior to them being moved to Fort Sam, the NAACP, they were called to investigate. And guess who came to investigate? It was Martha Grunig. And she wrote a multiple page report that is also a part of that virtual exhibit about what she observed, who she talked to, and um, she put together an account of what happened on August 23rd, 1917 in Houston, Texas. So again, a high-powered suffrage attorney from New York, Martha Grunig, came all the way to Houston, Texas to fight for the rights of the Buffalo Soldiers who were unfortunately court-martialed in so many of them were hung without due process right here at Fort Sam Houston. <sighs> wow. <laughs> How many people know about, I wonder, the uh, riots in Houston? A lot of people don't. We also talk about the um, Brownsville incident. Yeah, there there were a lot. And when you when you bring it forward and you talk about the 1960s and how, well, you don't even have to bring it that forward, but you look at World War II and how there was a huge recruit, uh, a huge push to recruit Negro soldiers at the time. And so many organizations were standing standing up and saying, wait a minute, you want us to go and fight abroad, but we're not even treated equally at home. We can't even vote, but we're going to put our lives on the line for this country that we call the United States of America, where the Constitution starts out, we the people. Well, who exactly are we the people? When you look at the Virginia Codes, which is the Virginia Slave Codes, which goes back to the whole concept of police brutality in our in our country, it was not illegal to kill a slave because a slave was not considered a person. A slave was considered property. So the code actually states that if the master kills a slave in the course discipline or anything like that, they will not be tried. So there you go. So how did we get to change? Hmm. How did we get to where we are today? And where we moved to in the 60s. 
Well, you know, um, without sounding pessimistic, really, the more things change, the more they stay the same. How, how we got to the Civil Rights Act was, I, I think it was because we hit people where it hurt in their pockets. Right. It was no accident that the Montgomery bus boycott was the catalyst to the civil rights movement. When you talk about a year that people aren't riding the bus, people that normally ride the bus. And and put that say that again because I think people don't realize that. They think it was one bus ride, but that was one year. It was one year. Again, started by one woman who just said, I'm not going to the back shoot. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not walking back there. Again, it was a sister who needed to rest. <laughs> started it all up. And, um, but it was a year which made an economic impact, which fast forwarding mm-hmm. us to today. And it was um, planned and designed to make an economic impact. To exactly. show, hey, we have buying power. Exactly. And we have right. So with that buying power, with that economic decision making ability should come the same equal rights that exist for our fellow man of a different hue or lack of hue. Oh, right? absolutely. That's and exactly the- what was was done and was orchestrated. It wasn't a willy nilly effort. It wasn't something that that was uh kind of thrown together. It was really well orchestrated and planned to have the very impact that it did. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I, I know this broadcast on a different day, but the day we're recording it is Blackout Day. And uh, so today, African-Americans are asked not to spend money, or if they do, to spend money at black businesses. Well, a day is not going to work. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this. If we stopped purchasing, if we only purchased from African-American business for a month, it would be a totally different ball game. And now let's bring it forward and do Maggie Anderson's experience and not um, and only buy from black businesses for a year. Mm-hmm. It, it would be totally different. So anyway, how do we get from uh, there to today because people uh, understand numbers when when the economic uh impact of taking your dollars elsewhere absolutely hits people uh and that's with any group if you do it as women if you do it as african americans if you do it as uh my as minorities in general if you do it as poor people because we have 140 million poor people in this country and if 140 million poor people said, you know what, we're just going to stop buying soft drinks for a month. Ooh. If they stop buying soft drinks for a month, wow. that yes. that entire industry, every soft drink company would recognize what's going on, would, would all of a sudden go, hey, you, you know, a lot of our base is just, mm-hmm. our revenue base has been uh adversely impacted maybe we should hear what's going on with our with our people with the people that Uh, buy our product you know something as as simple as that soft drinks and kool-aid yes (laughs) (laughs) ma'am now see i didn't even go down that road i did not go down kool-aid but (laughs) but since since you're a health advocate and i know we're coming short on our time you know, I looked at every packet of Kool-Aid has red dye number 40 in it. Every mm. single packet. Okay, I'm just going to drop the mic there. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian Punch, red dye number 40. Yeah. Like, yeah, I am, I am definitely a health advocate. You know, I used to weigh 340 pounds. Uh, I lost 187 pounds, and I... And I've kept it off for uh, 10 years now. You go, girl. I've kept it off for eight years. It took me two years to lose it and then kept it off for for the eight years following the two years. But uh, a lot of where we are health-wise in this country and what we're seeing with COVID-19 could be 
you know, we, uh, what, how we're eating, what we're eating and how we're, we're living, uh, we have power. The individual has the power to go back and, 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 uh, commandeer their lives and, and what's going on in their lives. The, the hopelessness that people feel right now and the, the, uh, um, helplessness mm-hmm. does not have to be true. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, there is hope. There is power in taking command of your own life. You know, and, and that's one of the reasons why I like highlighting the Shiro's because uh, they prove that in the most adverse moments in this country and in this life that you can rise. Mm-hmm. You can be Absolutely. better than you ever thought you could be and better than anybody else ever said you could be. It doesn't matter what someone else thinks. What matters is what you do, what yes. action you take. And that's why you are my Shiro. Okay, thanks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deborah, thank you so much for for You're taking welcome. the time today out of your schedule to tell us about some women who made a difference in this country, in this state, and in our lives today. That's still relevant. Uh, I, I appreciate your your knowledge and uh, the history that you bring back to life for the rest of us. Thank you, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Okay. You have a great day. And you all, and to uh, my listeners, you guys have been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Come on back and listen to us next week because we're going to have more great guests and more great show for you. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer. On the next On the Record with Tiffany, I am joined by former Mayor Henry Cisneros and his wife, Mary Alice. They talk about challenges they faced as their son was diagnosed with COVID-19 and Mayor Cisneros tested positive for COVID antibodies. They will also talk about social justice reform and more. So listen in on Thursday, July 23rd, exclusively on 930 AM The Answer.